Listening Dog Media. The Hot Mess Mum. The mum most likely to send her kids to school in regular clothes on non-school uniform day. The mum who forgets to sign the permission slip for school trips. The mum who has probably put leftovers in her kids' lunchbox on more than one occasion. But most importantly, the Hot Mess Mum is actually rocking it and is doing a far better job than even she thinks. Please welcome our Hot Mess Mums, telling it as it is, Kelly and Jenny Powell. Hello and welcome to the Hot Mess Mums and uh, I'm Jenny Powell. I'm Kelly Pegg. We never do it, do, normally do it that way around. I threw her completely. And uh, I'm so excited to have on the podcast uh, today the owner of Coaching Healthy Mind. And um, she's a specialist as an anxiety coach. Um, and I've, I've had nothing but raving reports about um, the lovely Sari Taylor. Yay. Hello. It's a lovely intro. <laughs> what? Yeah, just a big build. I'm just effervescing with energy and sort of like, I just want to, everyone to feel the love because I'm trapped indoors and I've, I've definitely given it love, love to everybody in this house. now, he's operated. So thank you so much, like I say, for coming on. And, and um, you know, initially um, I've been in contact with you for various reasons um, to do with um, like family anxiety, um, the children and uh, myself as well. Um, and I just think at the moment you're you're going to be really busy. <laughs> I have had a lot of messages. Yeah, definitely. It's a, it's a tricky one for people at the moment because people feel like they need the help more than ever. But everybody is so worried and scared about committing to anything, finances, everything's so up in the air that it's almost a real struggle for people. Um, so I suppose my job at the moment is trying to support as many people as I feasibly can and um, reaching as many people as I can in a sort of making it easier for myself as well so it has been a bit of a challenge which I'm starting to settle now even within a week it's starting to settle a little bit I think people are adjusting and finding their feet yeah absolutely and I mean you're somebody who really does know um and how to how to overcome and how to deal with the anxiety because you know really really the reason you I know you're qualified um psychotherapist but also you know you've had anxiety you've been through it to the point of being in hospital yeah yeah well it was in my I was thinking of it as my past life now um it was when I was in my early 20s and it was a it was a real shock to the system because anybody that met me and people from school and and all of my friends always used to say sorry we thought you'd be the last person that would end up in a mental institute because I was so outwardly confident, outgoing, uh, you know, didn't seem to have a care in the world. I would have been described as very laid back. And then in my early 20s, within the space of about two weeks, I'd been traveling, I'd been to university, I'd traveled the world, I'd done so many things. And within the space of what felt like about two weeks, I wouldn't leave the house. I wouldn't let my mum leave the house. So I went back to live with my mum and she couldn't even go to the local shop because I would be hysterical if she was going to leave the house. And then it was so bad that I uh, checked myself into the private hospital. I was lucky enough to have health, private health insurance through work. So I checked myself in really to give my mum a break as well, because I thought I can't keep going on like this indefinitely. And I had no clue what was happening or anything like that. And so that was sort of the big change for me then, really. Um, Spent a month in the priory, which I won't kind of go into this now because it's not really fair, but wasn't the best experience it wasn't the looking back now for me it wasn't 
I shouldn't have been in there a month. It wasn't helpful. I became quite institutionalized to a degree. Um, it's quite difficult. I think people think you go into somewhere like that and you get fixed, but actually you get given a lot of medication and then it's kind of in a bit of support. And then it's like, off you go back into the world. And I left feeling calmer sort of physically because I was heavily medicated. I mean, I was on anti- antidepressants, beta blockers, and quite a lot of uh, Valium every day as well. Wow. So I was... That is a lot. It was a lot. So I was kind of walking calm and and had this strange sense of calm. But yet I remember it really vividly, actually, going into um, my mum picking me up on the day that I was to leave. And we went to Hale Village on the way past and she said, let's go and grab something to eat. And I was thinking, I can't go and sit in somewhere and eat still. Like It's just not possible. I'm not ready for that kind of thing. I went. I remember going in a sandwich shop and the lady on the till was really lovely and chatting to me and and I just remember thinking like I was in a tunnel and I couldn't even hear her speaking. And I thought, so I found myself then having a panic attack, even though I was on loads of medication. And it was kind of that experience that I went home and I thought, I'm going to have to figure a way out of this because I'm certainly not fixed. And I still don't understand how I've ended up here. So because I was quite, um, which sounds so silly to say now, I was quite anti, not anti-therapy, but to me, I'll be honest, I thought it was for weak people people that hadn't been able to keep themselves together. It was totally the opposite of what I felt I would have ever needed. And even coming out of the Priory, I was still a little bit like that. So I didn't want to admit defeat and I didn't want to admit that I was going to have to go into therapy. So I did a little bit of Googling, as you do, and a bit of exploring. And I realised that if you trained as a psychotherapist, you had to have therapy as a prerequisite to the course. So I thought, brilliant, there's my in. So... So initially, when I went to train, I went to train as a cover-up for getting myself some therapy. Obviously, that was the beginning of a big, long journey. I've done, you name it, I've got the T-shirt, CBT, done DBT, hypnotherapy, uh, I don't know, everything you can think of. And spent years and years trying to fix myself still, um, which got to the point where I was managing for the most part, and my awareness levels had, had Right, you know, raised a lot. I'd done a lot of work, a lot of therapy, a lot of training, but I was still finding myself every couple of years, at least, getting into a three or four month period of complete meltdown and anxiety, where I felt like I still didn't really want to leave the house. I was going to have to give up my job. I felt like a fraud. Like, how can I possibly have clients when I'm still getting anxious? And I was still in this sense of resistance that kept coming around every couple of years. And although it wasn't as frequent as it was before, it was still really quite traumatizing when it would happen because I'd shut down my my work almost I'd you know my relationship with my partner would uh, suffer my parenting would suffer and then I'd spend the next sort of 18 months in a little bit of fear of when it's going to come again because I would always feel like it would keep coming again and so then I came across very randomly um, this thing called the three principles which is what I now coach people and it's the most simplistic thing I've ever come across in terms of psychotherapy you know all the stuff that I've trained in it's so simple that in the beginning I was like this can't possibly be the answer because it's too simple and yet over a short period of time I started to I was just almost got a bit hooked on it I was like this is this makes sense but why have I not seen this before why have I not heard this before and then over a period of time, I just felt better and better. And the only way I can explain it is I kind of had a shift in my thinking at one point where I just knew I was never going to be how I was again because I knew too much now. And it, so it completely changed 
my relationship with anxiety. I do get anxious sometimes, as anybody does. It's, it's completely yeah. normal. Yeah, and that's you are human like everyone else. And I think, everybody you know, of us are expected to be these sort of totally level-headed, you know, nothing ever bothers us, nothing ever gets to us. That might be because we're in the public forum or whatever but you know i think people just don't accept that they're human yeah and it's just not how human nature works is for us not what it's about becoming more accepting of the ebbs and flows and the difference for me now is if i'm anxious and i know this is so annoying for anybody that is listening to this who feels anxious i say this in the book that i wrote uh, if someone said this to me when I was really anxious, I would literally want to punch them in the face. But to me now, anxiety is a, is a gift. And the reason it's a gift is because if I'm feeling anxious, to me now, it's just kind of like, oh, okay, you, you really must have a busy mind at the minute. You're obviously overthinking a lot of things you might not even realize you are. And to me, it's a warning sign to slow down, to take, so it doesn't escalate to the place of becoming fearful of the fear, if that makes sense. Because... Mm-hmm. For a long time, all I was anxious about is getting anxious, to be honest. And that's the worst thing, isn't it? Because it can do that to you, can't it? Especially if it's full time all the time. You know, if you're going through a really bad bout of it, then any respite you get from feeling anxious, you're thinking about the next time you're going to feel anxious. What will provoke it? What will start it? So you're just living with it 24-7. And that is really difficult i mean there are different levels but obviously like you what happened to you was very extreme and people have it on different kind of levels don't they i know i I have it and i've had it and it it, but it's that managing it i guess like you're saying if you can notice it and know what to do then actually that's great because you're stopping it yeah and i think people can feel so helpless when they're anxious and the misunderstanding that many people have that I also had for years, even as a, as a psychotherapist, is that we kind of have this belief that we believe from quite a young age that things outside of us can make us anxious. You know, this word trigger that I hear so often, it's these are my triggers, those are my triggers. Even triggers are not, it's not about the external things. It's always our perception in here of what is going on outside. So we will face challenges. We will face difficulties. But actually, it's... We're experiencing everything outside of us through our thinking. And so the the more we understand how thought works, how human nature works, even something as simple as most people don't understand what happens in the body when they have a panic attack and it frightens them because it feels really uncomfortable and it feels really scary. But actually, what we're doing in that process is we're sending a message to our brain that we're in danger. And so our our brain is just telling our body and it's doing exactly what it should do. And so in a way, it's good that that happens because it's showing that if you needed your body to do that, it would work. But we're misusing it because we're telling our brain that we're in danger or we might be in danger when actually we're not and even just an understanding of that say the majority of people that come to me initially struggle with the physical symptoms they can't stand can't bear the physical symptoms they scare them it stops them doing things you know dizziness I can't go out because I'm dizzy and again this is where the more we understand them and how harmless we see them to be it's about accepting and living life alongside them and the more you accept them so, for example, if you're feeling dizzy, the more you accept that, okay, you're feeling dizzy right now because of the messages you're sending to your brain. It's a habit that you've formed, and it's going to keep happening until your mind settles down. So it's about not going, how do I stop it? How do I get rid of it? It's about going, 
okay, how do I continue alongside this? Because this is happening right now. And like anything, the more we accept it, it just starts to disappear. Yeah, you say your, you know, your three magic sort of point, things to do, <laughs> the three magic sort of rules. What, what, what are they or can't you tell us? You know what you think? I can't really ask her that because, you know, that's... that's- <laughs> Kind of blown it for <laughs> no, they're not mine they're actually funnily enough they from um a scotsman who lived in the middle of the hills sydney banks who they originated with these he's he's passed away many many years ago i'm gonna look that up sydney banks yeah sorry i'll send you i'll send you all the links and he was um i think he was a miner in scotland and he just came across these principles and you'll hear you know there's lots of spiritual people out there lots of people doing lots of things and um, that will have some crossover but he kind of he shared it in a way that as i say is quite simplistic the three parts to it are mind thought and consciousness effectively so the mind is talking about so for mind some people can be god if, if someone's religious or it could be wisdom, or it's just that knowing that there's something much bigger than us at play. Whatever that is, whether that be energy, spiritual for some, God for some. I mean, I know there's something much bigger at play for me. I've grown a child inside my stomach and not really had to do very much, well, you know, apart from the obvious. But (laughs) I know that there's something bigger guiding us that is it, you know, it's your gut, or your gut instinct, even some people like to call it. It's just that knowing. So that's that part. And often yeah. when people are anxious, they've lost sight of that and they've lost trust in it. So it's like your gut instinct. People, when they're really anxious, feel like they can't make decisions and things like that because you stop listening to your gut instinct because it's it's taken over by all of the chatter in your head. So you can't you can't hear it. And the thought part of it is a hundred percent of the time, no exceptions. And this is what people sometimes struggle with is our thoughts create our feelings. Nothing other than our thoughts can create feelings. So one example I always use about my husband, which gets on his nerves, but I'm going to use it anyway, is he is an accountant. So since I've known him, we met at uni, he's always been an accountant. And since I've known him, at the end of every single month, he has to work late. That is just how it's always been. It's always the most stressful month of the week of the month. And it is what it is. And yet sometimes I will look at him on the computer at one in the morning and I'll, I'll look at him really compassionately and think, I was so lucky that he's there taking care of us and he's working so hard for us as a family. And I feel real love and compassion. The following month, he could be doing the exact same thing. And my thoughts are, great, I'm going to bed on my own again. I've had to do this. I've had to do that. His behavior, his everything is the same with him there in that situation. Yeah, I can experience that so vastly different that I can go to bed full of love or full of hate. So could, your thoughts are making those feelings. So if you thought, oh, your thoughts are day in, day out, it's about the thoughts that are making up those feelings. Yeah, our reality is our reality is created every second, every minute of every day through our thinking. You know, the three of us here now are sat having this conversation and could go away from it with very different views of our experience of it yeah it's the same conversation and that goes for everything in life and we're going to feel a lot of that at the moment because you know we're all in it so all these things are going to be magnified from mind to thought to whatever number three is number three this is the bit that people think it sounds a little bit oh we know is it a cult is it a uh, but it's just the consciousness part of it so the consciousness part is like if we 
it's that we're aware that we're doing all of these things. We're aware of mind. We're aware of thought. You know, I like to think of this also, you know, your moods will fluctuate. As human beings, we just go like this all the time. And it's about just becoming comfortable with that fluctuation rather than, you know, as soon as I've done it before where I could be driving to school in the morning, dropping my daughter off and we've got the music on and we're singing and dancing and I'm dead happy. And then I'm driving back and I can just feel my mood go down and thinking, right. oh, yeah, it's like that's yeah. you, isn't it? Sometimes well, you can cut them and sometimes they just drag you down. Oh, yeah. you can have that one. <laughs> yeah. The thing is, the, thing is the, the only thing that's dragging us down or keeping us at the bottom of that wave for longer is our thinking. So when we layer it, so for example, in the past with that situation, I'd start going, I felt great earlier. What, why now am I feeling like this? What is this about? Why am I so this? Why? Maybe it's my daughter. Maybe it's this. Maybe it's my husband. Maybe it's that. Whereas now I don't question it. I just, it is what it is. So with, and, and talking about like at the moment, um, mm-hmm. Sari, you know, for people, especially mums, maybe working mums, maybe even more who aren't used to being at home as much and having to work from home and deal with the kids and deal with everything that's going on and try and take it in if they're feeling anxious what would you sort of say to them where to start with kind of looking at how to get on top of that now because we've got a few more weeks left of this I'm being optimistic um you know so obviously they don't want to be falling apart you want to be in control don't you when you're in this and that what you just said is is perfect because this is the issue is people want to be in control and I hate to burst your bubble, but none of us are in control at all, and we can't be. That is the issue for most people. I love it, though. I love it when people say that, because I'm like, what? You're not in control. If anything, this virus has shown us that, hasn't it? We all thought we had it figured out last month, what yeah. we were doing for the next three months, and how we had to be at work at this time, and we had to do it, and all of it's gone out the window. All of it. We have, that's Matt, we have no control and I think the, the biggest key is this thing. I see it all over social media. Uh, you know, I'm doing this and then I'm doing this with my children. I'm doing this and I've got to do this and I've got to do that. And to me, it's kind of like we only have so many hours in a day. We only have so much brain power. We only have so much physical energy. We do not have to have this all figured out. We do not have to do this perfectly. You know what? Looking on the bright side and just from what you've said, Sari, these kids that we've got here at home now, they're going to learn an awful lot more than they would ever have imagined if they were still doing that school routine. Yeah. And I've watched, uh, I've watched, I've watched my my kids. Well, one's an adult, but I still, I'm insisting she's a child. Um, and I, one of them, the younger one, has said, "This has been the best day ever, Mum. This has been absolutely brilliant today, Mum. I can't. This is it. Living the dream." You know, and then, which is a which is a wonderful thing to say. And I thought, there you go, because she's done so many things, and she's 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 noticed so much about herself and about us as a unit, which we never have time to do. It's been a very positive experience today, and I accept it might not be tomorrow. It might be not be three weeks down the line on the odd day, and that's fine too. But um, I do think that um, this situation, like you say, you have to accept it, and you have to get out of that that freaking out that you do when when you think you're not in control one of my favorite um quotes from sydney banks with the three principles is that was really prominent for me when i was sort of recovering from being quite severely anxious is 
if the only thing we could do is become comfortable with the discomfort, that would change the world. And and actually, if if you think about even this now and, and this situation, to me, again, I know it's annoying for some people because it's rocked their world and some people are losing people. And, you know, life is... Can I swear? No, I wasn't going to mention Yes, yeah, you can swear. I'm really shitty at times, you know, and none of us are going to avoid that, but it's about enjoying the bits that we can and just navigating, managing the bits that we feel like we can't, but ultimately we are always okay underneath that. And so some people say to me, I've not managed, I've not coped today because I didn't want to get out of bed and I laid in and blah, blah, blah. I say, why is that not coping? Maybe that's you coping in that moment. Maybe that's exactly what you needed to do to cope. So to me, you're coping. And when I look back now where I would spend two weeks barely coming out of my room and at the time felt like the biggest failure and ever, now I look back and go, I was doing exactly what I felt I needed to do in that moment. And that's all I knew right then. This, to me, this this whole virus, one thing it will teach children, which is the best gift you can give them, is resilience. They know that they are resilient. They know that when they can't leave the house, the things that we would, you know, if we were all told about this a few months ago, we go, I can't do that. Yes, we can. Doesn't mean it doesn't come with some discomfort, but we're doing it. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and I love uh, what you were saying. I was looking on your Instagram. It, it, well, it, it's sorry it's just sorry Taylor yeah yeah and I was just looking because sometimes you do put little 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 posts out quite often Uh, but I loved it today because you were saying that um you know thoughts that you know that that we have and whatever those feelings are it's okay to feel it I think you, you have a pressure I've got to feel a certain way but whatever you're feeling it's all right to feel like that they're all important they're all valid and yet it's interesting because it's only us that decides which ones are good and which are bad we decide which we don't like well i think social media has a bit to play in that because i think we look at other people and we feel like why am i not feeling like that why am i not in control like that why am i not coping like that like i've done no school you know we're talking about the school and i've done nothing with my little girl this week i've got a two-year-old as well it's so hard to sort of so we've just been doing loads of play we're outside play 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 together but when i go on instagram i see loads of people with like blackboards with the 10 o'clock have you seen those picture have you not seen them jen oh my god i'll screenshot some they're like but they have a big blackboard and they've chalked on times and what they're doing and it's like billy bragging and i look at it and think shit i there's only so many people i could be real and honest with because i feel like maybe i'm a bad mum. now this is like what how many days are we into this so i think when you when you say um you know, we've got to just do what's right for us. That's so true. But unfortunately, sometimes we we look at social media and we feel like we should be doing that, not what we want to do, if that makes sense. Yeah, it does. And I get asked a lot from parents actually about social media. You know, and they'll say social media isn't helpful for children, et cetera, et cetera. And I, because, because my understanding and my preaching is that everything is inside out, to me, social media is okay. Because it's only ever how you see it, how you perceive it. And so you're right. And I'm not saying that I don't see posts and go, oh, yeah, I wish I could do that. But then I'll catch myself. Because what also what I know, so your perception of what you've just said there, you know, you're right. And there'll be lots of people thinking that. Whereas my perception of someone that's got everything written out, to me, I sometimes feel like, 
oh, I hope that person can find peace of mind that allows them potentially to just let some of that go. Because to me, I could be wrong, but that may be their way of coping right now to have a literally second by second structure because if they don't, they're going to fall apart because that's their perception of themselves. And then we put stuff out there for affirmation that I'm doing the right thing. This is what I should be doing. And we have to, we have to let, get people to understand thoughts create feelings. Behavior will just come and go. Because you, you will see it loads of times. People say, oh, I'm going to stop. Uh, I've done it myself. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stop eating chocolate because I've got it. It's too much and it's just not good for me and it's excessive. And so then I'll just start replacing it with wine instead. You know, because because it's not about forcing myself to stop or start a behavior. It really, what I needed to understand is, it's my thoughts about food that's creating feelings that's then triggering a behavior for me to do something. On the lighter side of things, do you think as the human the human race, as we are, um, even in this day and age, that we're, we're good copers overall? Because I've been quite, I've been quite surprised. We are massively resilient. We, we're phenomenal. We're, we're absolutely phenomenal. You know, even... Even in a things like, you know, we don't have to wake up in the morning and tell our heart to beat. It just does it. We don't have to tell our, I like telling children this, we don't have to tell our intestines to move the stuff around and then for us to poo it out the other end. We just, it just happens. It takes the good stuff and then we go to the toilet and we get rid of the bad stuff. Like we are amazing, but yet we, again, we take it all for granted. We are so much more resilient than we give ourselves credit for. So out of all this, what what do you think, what, what would be, a, you know, a delight for you to, to, to feel that, you know, we'll come out of this with maybe three things uh, that you know, think, improve on? I think, I think people will definitely, um, definitely see their resilience more. I think as difficult as it might be at times for people, and it's going to go like this, they will see that no matter how panicked and how out of control they feel that they are ultimately okay. And I think that's really important for everybody to see. And I think we're kind of being forced to see that right now. Like we, I could go to bed at night and lie there wondering what's going to happen in the next week and get, think about it so much that I feel so anxious inside. I'm still going to get up and function tomorrow. It, you know, it's kind of, it's about seeing that we will just keep going. I reckon <laughs> sorry. Sari's like on, got a proper coffee machine and everything. I know that you have any... I know you you have, have you? Don't even drink coffee. Oh, do you? All right, I forget that. Well, all right, then. Uh, well, let me see. I love tea. You like a good tea. cup of tea? A good cup of tea. Nice. Your- Earl Grey. Earl Grey just tastes like perfume. Yeah, that's oh, the, the, that's <clears> the <throat> And then, obviously, Kelly, you haven't even got a kettle most of the time. I have at the minute now, but yeah. I was boiling it out of a saucepan because the kettle broke and I just this couldn't be bothered to sort it out. This this whole thing because normally we'd go to, we'd, we'd be in the studio right now with the lovely Kelly and the past few episodes we've done guests have arrived and we've all been very oh that's very nice and then same, do you want a cup of tea she had to put a pan of boiling water on the hob and I did it one day and I'd use the pan for a, to do a poach an egg before they turned up and I didn't clean it <laughs> <laughs> You were, it was one who was it that said oh I thought there was a bit of egg on it someone said that. <laughs> oh, yeah. but poor old Christine McGuinness I mean Christine McGuinness come on and she comes and there I am boiling a pan making her a cup of tea 
With a bit of egg in it. <laughs> no, that wasn't Christine. That was well, someone else. <laughs> she's backtracking now. She's backtracking. Yeah. <laughs> we were. Don't say that. Yeah. Oh, I was like, oh, really, sorry. Oh. Well, virtual cup of tea and uh, yeah. we have as well because we've been absolutely delighted to have you because yeah, I think we've both been completely absorbed and you've t- you're talking so much sense and you're doing such an important job at the moment you know and um, everything that everybody that I know has told me about you is true you're adorable yeah. and you're helpful and you're just lovely and approachable and um, if we want to find out more about you what we go to Sari Taylor yeah, Sari Taylor Coaching is all my social media. And then my website is just my name with .com at the end. And you can find me if anyone wants to message. I've got tons of videos out there. You know, I don't just do paid stuff. I've got loads of free resources for anybody that needs them. And, yeah, just, yeah. If anybody is struggling, go and look up the three principles. Google it. You can find it everywhere over the internet and if you I want to ask it. questions then you can can let me know but yeah you can find it everywhere and that was the other thing that was so funny about it I must have spent like I don't even want to think about how much money I've spent fixing myself over the years <laughs> I was like I could have just fucking googled it and it changed my life and yet I've spent thousands and thousands of pounds and hours trying to fix myself Google <laughs> solves everything it's got the answer to everything but if you're anxious, don't use it to, um, if you're anxious, don't use it for... Oh, yeah, not coronavirus, no. No, not, <laughs> no, yeah. not those answers, no. I, I oh. commend you on the name of one of your books, which I think is fantastic, which is Anxiety is a Fucker. Yes, it, it is. is. Really, to the point. Some, some people, it was called Anxiety is a Fucker, or is it? Because now I realise it isn't, but I thought it was a fucker for many years, and I think... <laughs> Some, at first people like even my mum was like you can't call it that some people might not like that and I, I back, and forth, back and forth all the time thinking should I use something and I tried and I just kept going back to it fuck her and I thought I'm going with it if it puts some people off I did have one man in Australia message me and say I've been waiting for your book and I'm really disappointed because I don't like swear words so I can't read it oh, so I just said do you know what I'll do you a deal you read that book, I promise you, by the time you finish it, you will not care about a swear word because you will see it totally different. Okay, and you never heard from him again? I asked him. <laughs> he won't have read it. He was, too, he was too cross with the title. He couldn't bring himself because it had a swear word. You know what? He might now because he's been locked inside for that long. He's probably read it. <laughs> 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 Read it over and over, but no. Well, there you go. Maybe he's so happy he's forgot to tell me. <laughs> oh, thank you, Sari. You've been yeah, great. Thanks for, thanks for having me. I like talking. Yeah, oh. I'm never a guest. <laughs>